0: Nation, and welcome into the chgo bulls podcast presented to you by points bet don't forget that promo code chgo when you sign up to live your bat life, bat life. i'm packing oh, follow me on twitter at bulls underscore <laughs> pack my guy big dave is at bow bwl sports bow. will the thrill the goat Gottlieb is that won't on twitter we are chgo underscore bulls uh we got our pal and our producer joey running things behind the scenes big dave what do you just hold up to your camera <laughs> that's a wonderful album an
1: incredible album one of my all-time favorites will we just became incredible friends that's one of my favorites as well (laughs) no too late this album
2: is special this is special since it came out there are only maybe five albums i I think are better than this and i listen to a shit of a ton of music the only five i think that are like on this level this is the most complete shit ever every form of music in the history of the world is covered and covered well on this fucking album right here. Get this. I was Anderson just 5, I was just about to say
1: we're... in a in a discography full of just absolute hits that one is at the I'm, very top. I'm sorry, what, what artist
0: that. are we talking about here? I'm guessing that, Ma-
1: <laughs> Anderson Pack. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Well, let me help, let <laughs> me help Matt. Uh, Do yourself Matt a favor.
2: Have you heard of have you heard of Silk Sonic? Have you heard of Anderson, uh, Bruno Mars? I've heard of Bruno Mars, yeah. Have you heard of uh Silk Sonic, the group that Bruno Mars is in?
0: Eh, kind of
2: Okay, the the other person in that group is Anderson .pop. I got you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay,
2: just to tell you that, yeah, it's a bunch of songs he's been on with a bunch of artists that you know, but I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But he's inc- he's inc- Matt. he's a he sings and he plays drums live. Like wow. it's
0: special. No, it's That's, special that sounds what he like does. An impressive multi-talented person. But Dude, why would but somewhere. why would he decide to dedicate an entire album to the shithole that is Malibu?
2: Well, Matt, he is from California, and he has a theme in his albums. They're all named after places in California. So this one was Malibu. Mm. He has one called Oxnard, where he's from. Uh God, I can't remember the other two that he had, but they're all named after places uh, in California.
0: And, right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I should start with with Oxnard because I've been to Malibu, and Malibu sucks.
2: Venice. Thank uh, you very much, Venice. Yes, that's ooh, the other one. I like Venice. That
0: Malibu
1: is Um, the best
2: one. You got to start with that. (laughs) Yeah, start with Malibu, bro. Special.
0: I don't want to start with Malibu. Oh, Lord. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We got a lot to get to today. Um, We're going to talk about uh, something along the lines of what Will wrote and is up on allchgo.com right now about some of the things Billy and his players have said about diversifying their offense a little bit this season compared to what we saw at the end of last season. We're also Mm going to get into the pros and cons of the – likely point guard starting point guard candidates in camp right now. Uh, and then we'll wrap things up with a look ahead at tomorrow night's preseason debut against the new Orleans Pelicans and a fresh face looking Zion. Williamson. said, my goodness. Um, but, uh, real quick, will, how was practice today? Anything, uh, super, uh, I don't know, super fascinating that went down to practice today.
1: Um, I just I feel like we may have glossed over it a little bit, maybe buried the lead. The Bulls are playing a game tomorrow night. Woo! Basketball is back! Tomorrow night, the Chicago anything Bulls possible! play a basketball game. It's preseason, but I am damn excited. Yes. Um, was anything happening at practice today? Nothing major. I think it was more of the same in terms of trying to figure out what the Bulls are going to do offensively. A lot of questions keep coming in. A lot of vague answers keep coming back out. And I tried to put together some idea of sort of like the themes of what Billy and the players have been talking about so far during camp. I'm not sure how different it actually looks, but I think the, the tendencies and the, the goals that they're trying to establish here are maybe a little bit at least closer to the beginning of last year, obviously, rather than the end. Right. Uh,
0: As you pointed out at the top of your column uh, that you posted this morning, we saw two very different Bulls offenses last season before and after the All-Star break for all the factors that we know. Lonzo Ball uh, suffering an injury, Uh, Zach Levine playing through an injury that hampered his effectiveness, and the role players, certain role players on the team going from knocking down their shots to not being able to hit the broad side of a barn. As you pointed out, the Bulls were fourth mm. in the NBA in offensive rating before the All Star break at one thirteen point four. After the All Star break, that fell all the way to twenty fifth of thirty NBA offenses at one ten point seven. Let's let's take a look at this one thing that that Billy Donovan had to say about this this randomness that he is trying to bring into the Bulls. Randomness offensive. is the word. Randomness oh, is the word of the start day. Start playing word the of drinking of the game every time uh, I mean I probably heard it
1: 15 times today in his 10 minute talk
2: oh okay let's do it then
1: wow it's really, okay well it's yeah
2: really so
0: so I guess we're a fan of randomness thank you Joey we've got to play a lot more randomly Demar has got great feet he's always been a tempo player he's really efficient so how do you blend that with ball movement and player movement can we keep the ball moving so the floors not as loaded up for Zach and Demar in those situations can we create that pace of play in the half court? And I think that is the Mm. most important question or certainly one of the most important questions when you're talking about, can this Bulls offense get back on track after the wheels completely fell off after the all-star break last year? When you heard that, Will, what did you think about this obsession with how do we add randomness into the most uh, effective and at times only thing that worked about the Bulls offense last year, which was Iso DeMar and Zach Levine being Zach Levine?
1: Yeah. The first thing, I mean, as Billy has been talking about this and he's brought it up a couple of times is like, you know, that's not even like, it wasn't a bad thing that they sort of moved that direction. It was a result of Lonzo being out of Crusoe being out of, as you mentioned, the three point shooters just completely falling off a cliff. And so you're trying to win these basketball games. What do you do other than just say, okay, DeMar, you are actually Wilt Chamberlain. Why don't you go win us a basketball game? And like that that kind of worked it it like obviously fizzled out at the end there. Um, and I think what they're trying to do this year is just find opportunities within the game and specifically like within the flow of like made and miss baskets, right not so much after timeout plays or sideline out of bounds plays, but while the game is going on on makes and misses, how can they find a way to generate some easier points in sort of a sustainable way? that will allow them to just take some pressure off of Zach and DeMar because it got to a point last year where it was pretty much like every possession, you know, DeMar comes up up the wing or comes up the middle of the floor, gets an entry pass and just goes directly into a pick and roll. And with such little spacing around him, the, the quality of the shots that he was getting are just incredibly hard and having to do that over and over and over again, just, I mean, it, it, it sort of puts into perspective how incredible a season he had just to be able to do that on his, on his own is incredible. But then on top of that, when you look at how little space he had around him to do it, it's just kind of mind blowing. But I think the idea is, look, they did not add shooters in the off season. That was like supposed to be the goal. They didn't do it. So instead of that to compensate for the lack of shooting, what can they do to start to generate some easier looks to find some spacing in the half court to make life easier? Because you're always going to be able to, fall back on Damar and Zach to go get you a bucket in the last six, seven, eight seconds of a shot clock if you don't have anything going. It's more throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of possessions, how can you free him up a little bit and, and do that more sustainably throughout the course of the game? I'm not saying I believe it's going to happen, but I appreciate that you know they've they've established this as the problem that they're trying to solve and they're trying to figure out ways to do it.
2: Will, Will do you think this is a more of a result of Lonzo not being there when you you talk about randomness and things like that because the guy who was getting the Bulls those easy buckets within the game, within the flow of the game, was Lonzo. You know, he he would, what I would call steal points uh, for the Bulls, you know, with certain passes he would do and certain looks and, you know, uh, an inbounds pass where he just throws basically almost an alley-oop to the other end of the floor to get an easy bucket for someone. Do you think that this is kind of a direct result of, trying to uh, find a way
1: to do those things w- without him being there. They're certainly trying to replicate some of that stuff. Uh, Io mentioned that he is like a lot of what he was doing strength and conditioning wise this summer was so that he could try to get up and down and transition more. I think basically the Bulls just got to a point where they were super bogged down. And the, the other piece of it is that they just weren't getting stops. And so you're taking the ball out on make, made baskets under the underneath and walking it up the court you're never getting those transition points. So it's it's no stops, it's lack of running and then it's lack of ball movers. And as you said, Lonzo is not only the best volume three-point shooter on the team, arguably Zach, but you know, one of the top 2, he is the best just like quick decision ball mover on the team and he's the best at creating like disruption on defense, getting out in transition and you know, via creating steals. So the Bulls really miss him and as we've talked about before, I think they're going to try to replicate some of the stuff that he does well in order to get back to that style of play. They obviously don't have a Lonzo replacement, but I think through sort of scheme based defensive changes and just trying to like move more, a little bit off the ball, more back cuts, more uh, weak side actions. I think they're going to try to open up the floor a little bit more so that even if they can't get anything out of those initial or secondary actions on, you know, partial fast breaks, at least then they'll have a little bit more spacing for DeMar and Zach to sort of go get their own.
0: Hmm. Uh, a couple of people chiming in, in the comments talking about the importance of off ball movement in the half court, Jerome saying, we've got to keep our guys moving on offense instead of still instead of sitting, still watching and Jason following up saying we need Patrick Williams and the rest of the supporting cast to work on their off ball movement, allowing DeMar and Zach as facilitators to find them and up their scoring. Um, I, I'm fully on board with those comments. The other th- element of the whole Lonzo being out thing, as, as Dave was mentioning, was some of those easy buckets that he gets you. I know that Zach Levine and a few others have talked to training camp after practices in this media availability uh, this past week, Will, about maybe finding the right times to pick up the pace offensively and, and you know pick up the tempo and how to go about that when Lonzo was oftentimes involved in getting the Bulls into those easy transition bucket kind of opportunities. You mentioned in your column that even when Lonzo was out there playing, the Bulls were only a middle-of-the-pack team as far as pace of play at 14th. And then, as you might expect, when Lonzo went out, that plummeted all the way down to 28th. So knowing you're going to spend the first three months or so of this season without Lonzo Ball, and Zach talked about you know picking up the pace but maybe not rushing things because we know sometimes that whether it be Zach Levine or someone else, rushing things leads to turnovers and that's not what you want. How do you pick up the pace of play while limiting those turnovers and not having Lonzo ball? So
1: yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. I think the first part of it is uh, the idea of trade-offs and with the style play that the bulls had last year, where DeMar was just kind of doing his thing in the middle of the floor there aren't a ton of passes. The ball's not moving side to side and you limit, I think the opportunity to throw the ball away. You know, if it's, if you're just not moving it as much, like that's, that's why the Rockets didn't turn it over very much when they were doing their James Harden, Maury ball situation was just James Harden isolating. Uh, It's a little bit harder to turn the ball over that way. And so the bulls were really good at that. And so to your point, Matt, if they're now going to be trying to move the ball side to side more, do you remove something that you were really good at in order to try to, you know, get a little bit, get a little bit more in the way of easy buckets and transition. Um, the other piece of that is, as I mentioned, the defense, they need to be able to get some stops. Uh, Billy talked about this today was just like so many of the easy baskets were created just because they got stops. And when their defense really fell apart in part uh, due to the fact that Alonzo wasn't playing, They just they weren't getting stops. They were taking the ball out from under the basket and they were walking it up. And it's just very difficult to get any sort of transition action going that way. So making sure you have a better defense. And I think the other piece of it is, yes, they were 14th in transition when Lonzo was playing, which, by the way, is like crazy. I could have sworn they were at least top five, but they fell all the way to 28th. The whole time though, they were really efficient in their transition opportunities. Same thing for threes in the first half of the season where they weren't shooting many, but they were shooting at a really high clip. How can they replicate some of that Where Even if they're not getting out as frequently as they'd like, making sure to score on the possessions where they do actually get out there. Well,
2: how important would a guy like Andre Drummond be in trying to start those transition? Like, cause he's, not the defensive stopper we understand that but his defensive help comes from actually getting the rebound and probably starting the transition so like how how important do you think he'll be with
1: that don't spill all the secrets the enemy might be listening uh yeah i, I it's this is all like trying to read between the tea leaves of billy donovan who's like not really trying to give up too much so um a lot of this is sort of speculation based on the things that he's brought up and sort of trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I do think offensive rebounding is going to be another thing that the bulls sort of add to their identity here this year, last year, they were 28th, I think in offensive rebounding. Um, That's a decision that you make, right? Like if you're crashing the offensive glass with three or four people, those people can't get back and transition defense. So the idea was that the bulls wanted to limit transition points on defense um, sacrificing offensive rebounds. I think they're going to crash the glass a little bit more this year. Still obviously try to get back as much as they can. But if you can get a few putbacks a game, those are just easier baskets that you weren't getting before. It takes the pressure off DeMar. It takes the pressure off Zach. So I do think Drummond will have, um, and, and Drummond, by the way, is like one of the best of all time at doing that. So he's going to be super aggressive in the minutes that he's out there. And then defensive rebounding too. He's not necessarily somebody that I feel super comfortable with in terms of like, running the break, but he's he's more capable of that than Vooch for sure. And so he's he's a phenomenal defensive rebounder. He could get out on the break, at least move the ball up the court a little bit more. And it seems like a mindset thing overall. Is just that the attention is going to be focused on getting out in transition and doing that frequently enough that they're just not so predictable that the defense isn't getting set and just knowing what they're going to do every single time down the court.
2: Real, real quick, Will, how, how does Drummond look to you since you've been able to lay your eyes on him?
1: He looks good. I mean, I never really saw what he looked like in person prior to this year, maybe like here and there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he looks good. I think he's motivated too. like he he said in his first availability ability that he views himself as a starter in this league. He's coming in, obviously, to back up Vooch, but I think he'll have an opportunity. The Bulls did not have a backup center last year. I kind of doubt they're going to go with the too big look, but, um, you know, Vooch can't play 48 minutes, so he'll be out there. And depending on how some of those lineup combinations work, I think you could see more or less of him um, also depending on how Vooch plays. So I think he'll be, you know, a pretty big part of the rotation, especially if, you know, the Bulls start to become more of an offensive rebounding team. And then I think also just the mobility will allow him to be, you know, he's, he's not a great defender, but um, he can, he can move his feet a little bit better than Vooch. So maybe that gives them a little bit more flexibility and versatility there.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'd be lying if I, said I wasn't at least a little skeptical about this shift in focusing on getting back in transition defensively versus crashing the offensive glass and looking for some easy points there. But, Will, I mean, you're, you're right to point out that Drummond is one of the best. Um, and not just currently, but uh, another just delicious little detail and staff for those of you who don't know what you're missing, if you aren't reading Will's columns on a regular basis. Uh, last year, um, Andre Drummond had the 15th best offensive rebounding percentage in NBA history ever sure. <laughs> and it was one of seven times that he has had a top 85 finish in all Shoot. of NBA history's offensive rebounding percentage shout wow. out to will for digging out that stat and, and
1: even and- even crazier was that was his second best offensive rebounding percentage of his entire career so like his first one i think was the 12th best of all time but he's i think he's 28 29 years old and he's still rebounding at a super high rate so this is something that the bulls now have as a weapon whereas before i mean this was like the biggest weakness of their team so i do think this is the one thing like i i'm skeptical for sure that they're going to be able to pull any of this off i get that they want to but it remains to be seen whether like given the fact that they have all the same personnel that they're just going to be able to flip a switch and be able to do all these things that they couldn't do last year i do think offensive rebounding is an area where they actually added talent there. They added somebody who is capable of doing that. And now maybe they look to play to his strengths a little bit more. So that could actually be something that frees them up a little bit more. Now, maybe that results in some more transition baskets for opposing teams. But, you know, that's the trade-off that you're working with. The Obviously, the the crux of a lot of this will
0: still be DeMar DeRozan. I, I know that he's, he's fielded some questions after these training camp practices, Will, about how things might change from last year to this year. And it's from the answers I've heard him give. He seems very much on board with basically, you know uh, it's, you know, it seems sort of like a copy paste answer, but I'm willing to do whatever the team needs me to do. And if that means an increase in de- uh, or decrease in scoring, facilitating, whatever, whatever we saw him make uh, a significant adjustment to his game, when he went to San Antonio and Greg Povich told him, all right, you're going to be the point guard for the next month. Uh, And and then uh, even continued beyond that, we saw DeMar average the biggest assist numbers of his career by far. Do you see that as a possible scenario that DeMar's shot selection, shot total? I saw somebody asking, I think it was AK in the comments earlier, about like shot breakdowns as far as this, you know, this team's main player's. Do you think that DeMar maybe having one or two fewer ISO possessions and scoring fewer points and maybe looking to facilitate a little bit more so that Billy gets some of that randomness back in the offense is, is feasible and even likely.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, look, you have probably the best mid range scoring threat in the league, maybe the side of like Kevin Durant, right? So you don't want to like remove that as part of your offense. The other thing is this is not Kevin Durant where he can stand on the wing and hit, threes at a 45% clip. So you do have to be a little bit careful just with his limitations. I mean, as good as Demar is, he is a limited player. He does not uh, space the floor in a way like Zach Levine, for example. And so you do kind of need to put the ball in his hands, but he was also, I mean, had a 32% usage last year, which was the second highest of his career, much higher than any of the, you know, three or four years prior. So I do think that probably goes down a little bit. But again, the idea here is not to necessarily take the ball out of his hands. It's just to create easier looks. So it may result in fewer shot attempts for him. It could also just result in the same amount of shots, but more easy baskets around him, um, whether it's backdoor cuts, whether it's, you know, the ball swings side to side. And then, you know, DeMar breaks down the defense. He swings it side to the, the other side of the court. And now Zach's able to attack a closeout as opposed to just standing there and shooting a three. So I think it's less about you know how many field goal attempts DeMar gets up and just like making life easier on him and the team as a whole, and that could result in fewer shots. I think it probably will, but I don't think it's going to be you know he's taking five or six fewer shots per game. Just the idea is that some of the some of the rest of the offense will come a little bit easier. Maybe instead of him f- shooting fewer shots, it's that the team is shooting more shots on the whole because they're playing faster. You're just like um, getting more possessions right yeah so
0: obviously another big part of this and what we see from the bulls offense out of the gate will uh depend on who's their starting point guard quote-unquote even if that person is not bringing the ball up every possession we're going to talk about the the likely candidates of that coming up next but first today's episode brought to you by those delicious delicious products at green ridge farm green. Mm. i had me some sausages for dinner while I was watching Sunday night football last night, made me so happy. Just capped off a perfect Sunday. Green Ridge Farm is a local, a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches, or food at home. These all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per meat stick. It makes for a perfect post-workout snack. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. You could also get their delicious hot dogs and bratwurst in addition to these meat sticks. They're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart on that order, meat those sticks. meat sticks will be free, y'all. What? Free meat sticks. Free meat sticks. By using that promo code CHGO at checkout. Again, that's promo code CHGO at GreenRidgeFarm.com. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Mm, mm. I like that. You know what, Matt?
2: I agree with you. And guys, you know, he ended his night right. But you know how he started his day correctly? Athletic greens, dang it! That's how he kicked it off! Oh, yes! He did that! He had those 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, the probiotics, and of course, my sweet Lord in heaven, the adaptogens. Mm. All helped him start his day correctly. And It was that special blend of ingredients that supported his gut health, his nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. All the things that you want to take care of costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. You're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. It's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. And it does all this while still tasting good. But don't take my word for it. Take the word of Curveball, Matt Peck. Take that man's word right there. He's taking the healthy greens. Take that, Matt. Tell him how it is.
0: I see Adam in the comments not believing you when you said that that's how I started my day yesterday. It was. It's how I started my day on Saturday Mm -hmm. and Sunday and again today. I'm three days into trying this whole athletic green thing. And I got to say, it's still very early on in the process. But I'm liking the results so far, and uh, mm-hmm. I know that I'm doing something that's good for me. Yes. So, of course, you know, I know that that, that eases some of your concerns, Dave, uh, because you, you always worry about my nutrients. Yes. Um, but honestly, you know, it's great. I think it's a nice change of pace. Like, I'll drink a cup of coffee, and then I'll drink my Athletic Greens um, before I have breakfast, even if I have, like, a, a light, small breakfast. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see where we go from here. But three days in, I feel good. You got a glow Will.
1: about you. You look great.
0: <laughs> Will is that how you do it? That's just because co- I won a lot of money gambling on NFL football yesterday. <laughs> is that how you do I it, do Will? Not. You go,
2: you go, you go, coffee and then Athletic Greens, or just Athletic Greens? I, I mix it up. Depends on the day, but it's one or the other. Okay, all right. And to make it easy for y'all to do it yourselves, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of that immune support and vitamin D, and five of those free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is hit AthleticGreens.com slash C H G O Bulls. I like that will. Again, that's like that the greens.com slash C H G O Bulls. And take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's athletic greens, y'all. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it. What you do, Peck? I felt it. Oh I feel it. Oh so proud of you.
0: Oh goodness gracious. Jason, knew that there was something different about you, Matt. It's that athletic green sheen. <laughs> oh, Not shine, but sheen. Machine. that's right. <laughs> Shout out, thanks to Schwo, who said in the comments, there's 108 people watching and only eight likes. TF, are y'all doing? Get those likes <laughs> up. Hit that thumbs up. up button, y'all. We appreciate it if you do. Yes, um, yes. All right, y'all. Big Dave, I know you wanted to talk about this carousel of the starting point guard position. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I saw something today after practice where somebody, I think maybe Dragic, was asked what Billy has been doing so far in these practices as far as who's running as the starting point guard along with the rest of the starters. And Dragic's answer is, I'm sure, something that makes Big Dave happy, which is he's Billy's been mixing it around. He's thrown a lot of different looks out there. He's thrown a lot of different people in that starting five. Mm -hmm. But Big Dave... You want to talk about the three key candidates for this job. Am I correct?
2: This is correct. Uh, Thank you, Matthew. Uh, There are three excellent candidates to be starting point guard while Lonzo is out for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, There's a guy, Dragic. Of course, there's Ayo. And, of course, there is Caruso. No disrespect to Kobe White. But those guys are more suited uh, for that position. Uh, So I kind of wanted just to get into them. Uh, for a second and and talk about their pros and their cons, what they can bring to the starting lineup, uh, what them being out there could do, how it might hurt a little bit, what some of them have certain skills that the other one doesn't have. And yeah, we just kind of want to break that down and get into it and see what it looks like on the other side. Because I think all of them have actual, you know, credibility to be the starting point guard for the Bulls.
0: So, um we're going to do a little a little exercise here with uh the help from our wonderful friend and producer Joey behind the scenes. Joey! I mixed uh I went and looked up the per 100 possession stats of these three starting point guard candidates from last season. Uh and okay. I know especially with Goran Dragić who was a smaller sample size, I think he only played in like uh, 20 or 25 games something like that. But even still just to see what these guys brought to the table last season uh, as we try and look forward into this season and see who might be best suited to play that part. So mm. just take a look at these numbers from player a, B and C. And I'm curious if you guys can get these fairly quickly. Cause I don't think it's that hard to figure out who's who, but I wanted to run the exercise anyway. So player a, you see had the fewest points scored per 100 possessions. Um, decent, but not great shooting splits. Uh, Six and a half boards, seven assists, and three steals. Player B, little bit of a higher scoring total per 100. Much better shooting splits um, and and smaller numbers across the board. Rebounds, assists, and steals. And then player C, similar scoring to player B. Uh, very bad shooting splits other than the free throw line. The best assist numbers of the trio and a very respectable 1.9 steals per 100 possession. So, gentlemen, do we care to venture a guess who player A is? Player
2: gonna, A is Kobe. I'm gonna Kobe
0: say. Is, Car- go ahead, Dave. Caruso is all I'm gonna say. Big Dave is correct. Player A is Alex Caruso. Um, what what made you? Oh guess yeah, we're not Kobe even using
1: there. Kobe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I say, Will. for some reason have been thinking about Kobe, and I I don't want to spoil it, but I I'm kind of drinking the Kobe Kool Aid right now. But uh, anyway, we're seeing. Mm,
0: mm, 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 mm. The, I mean, I, I, delicious. I can, to me, then, the, I can three steals, guess the, number the 3 guess steals—the three steals—is the giveaway for knowing that player A was Alex Caruso. Agree. It was the steals and the
2: three-point percentage for me. Mm-hmm. Actually, that—that's what did it. But you're right. The steals when I when I saw that for sure, I was like, oh yeah, that has to be Caruso for sure.
0: Player B. Uh, that one's
1: be, gotta be I O. Right? Can I repeat myself here? Yeah, gotta yeah. be I O. You the, the, the sixty-eight percent from team. the line is uh. Sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: maybe I just kind of blanked that part out of my memory of Io's receiver. I did not remember him shooting from the line that poorly. I was like, 68, wow. Yeah,
2: I I didn't either. That didn't cross my mind until I just looked at it. I thought he was a little bit better than that. So hopefully along with uh, getting in shape, he has definitely been putting up uh, those free throw shots. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joey, I told you, I know you were listening and watching back there, Joey, Emilio in the comments said he could tell that IO is player B because of the hair, even in like the, you know, pixelated silhouette. I thought you could <laughs> notice. And I told Joey this when he showed me this graphic earlier today, you could notice like, you know, like the IO top not going on. Well, okay. I didn't
1: realize what I didn't, I didn't realize we were just, we were narrowing it down to these three players. I thought it could be any three players. So it wasn't going to be so obvious Ah, now I see. it's pretty obvious that yes, who is Io and which is Caruso? <laughs> Their hair could not be any different, <laughs> any more
0: different. Um, and then you see Goran Dragic, there, player mm-hmm. C, those are his numbers for his small stint with the Brooklyn Nets last season. Mm-hmm. The thing to me that is just really gross, as we've talked, you know, ad nauseum about this team's need for improvement and more volume of three point shooting and not addressing it is the fact that Drockett shot 25% behind the three-point line last year. Tough. And, tough, and not man. on, like, he's not a guy who doesn't shoot threes. His volume was, I, I don't know, I, w- I would guess I would call it average for a guy who was just playing spot minutes as a veteran guard off the bench. Mm-hmm. 25%. Yeesh. Yeah, that's tough. As, and it, as but it's- Rice in the comments says, career, 36%. So what the heck happened last year? Was it just that knee bothering him that much? You makes you makes you wonder.
2: Yeah, it, it's, for me, it, it didn't give me a – I wasn't concerned too much because that's not the norm for him, like, at all. Like, to even shoot that bad poorly from it's three. Just, like, there's such it's a big sample
1: team. of him being a better shooter than that that it yeah, doesn't exactly. really concern me. Whereas, like, Io's 37% came on super small volume, and so that one actually is, I would say, more concerning than Dragic's 25% given the body of work.
2: What do you think, Dave? No, I agree. That's that's what I was saying. Like his his didn't concern me because I know the years and years and years he's been in this league. I've never known him to be that poor of a shooter. So it just didn't really concern me. I just chalked it up to eh, just had an off year. You know, even when somebody's on a on a decline, um, you don't you don't drop that hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's never that hard for a shooter, at least it's it's never that difficult of a drop. So. Yeah, everything else. And what's wild is all his other numbers were pretty solid. You know, you're like, okay, yeah, those are regular solid numbers for a guy not playing that many games uh for the team. Those are pretty solid numbers. So when I saw that three-point percentage, yeah, it didn't it didn't give me pause at all. I was just like, yeah, it's just an off year form.
0: So of these three options, Dave, is there one of them who has a con, if you want to call it that, or or a weakness to their game that in your opinion makes them Uh, a candidate to sort of be knocked out of the running for the starting job. Do any of them have such a glaring weakness to their game that it makes you lean towards saying that they shouldn't be the one starting.
2: That's the thing. They all have weaknesses, but none of them are like just super glaring where I just remove you uh, from the, the running like that. Like (laughs) I feel like, like it's American Idol or something, but nothing (laughs) removes you from the running for me. Um, You are the weakest
0: link. Goodbye. Right.
2: (laughs) Caruso um, when you first think, I, I immediately think of the shooting. Uh, you you get that removed because you know how much how important that is just for the team, and how important it uh, it was for Lonzo as well. Uh, him shooting that forty two percent, we leaned on it, uh, hard in that first half of the season. Lonzo Bulls, you know, down by six, Lonzo would just come down, pull up, and take that three, and that was it, and it was all good. So, yeah, that's gonna hurt. Uh, also, uh, as far as uh, I O uh he's got to learn the offense a little bit more and like you like he stated uh what Will talked about earlier being up and down and transition more uh is going to be a key thing for him as well and that free throw shooting as well like he's got to get at least in the the high 70s at least you can't be a point guard shooting the low 60s or even in the 60s uh if you're going to be a point guard uh in the NBA at least in my opinion you can't be that bad uh of a shooter but I think he he's such a worker and he's such a guy who loves to improve and get better I, I don't think it'll be an issue going forward uh in his career. I think he'll get better at it. Well, and hearing
0: the the monster offseason. So you got to assume that yeah, at least part of that yeah. was dedicated to getting himself better at the free throw line. Yeah
2: yeah, he got some free throws up, man. In, in between, you know, hammer curls and things like that. He got some free throws up for sure. Um and Dragic his is just because he's new. You know, his is definitely because I'm, he's brand new to this. He's learning a, another new offense. Uh he's a veteran. I don't know what his minutes will look like. I don't know his uh Uh, Conditioning. I'm sure he's in great conditioning shape and things like that. I just don't know it. So it's just more of an unknown uh, with with Drogic. And, of course, his age, people are going to put that against him because they're going to say, oh, you're older. You can't run up and down with anybody anymore. So all those things are going to come into play for him. But all of those aren't, you know, super ugly faults where I'm just like, you you can't be in the running to be a starting point guard for this team this season.
1: Yeah, I – Aren't we, aren't we supposed to have continuity? Why, why is Dragic even in this conversation? He like, says the guy who he rolls gonna... his
0: eyes every time
1: he says the word continuity. <laughs> well, like, I, they're that's what they're saying they want. I'm, I'm trying to hold them to it. Uh, I just don't think, first of all, the defense, I think, would really suffer. Dragic, I was looking into his defensive numbers last year. He actually was, like, really solid, according to EPM. But I just don't think the minute sample size was big enough for us to actually know what he is he's never been like a great he's been part of good defensive units like with the heat and things like that but mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was ever like because he was you know so talented on his own for me I see him as more of like uh an orchestrator like he he likes to have the ball in his hands to run pick and roll I'm not really sure where that fits into a group with Demar, Zach, and Vooch I think he can make plays for a guy like Vuce or something like that. But to me, it makes more sense for him to come off the bench and sort of run those second units, make sure Kobe White, make sure Patrick, make sure even Io to a certain extent are like getting to the right spots, um, getting them up and down the floor. So I just don't really see that being a great fit, um, unless it's going to be like uh, the Keith Bogans where he plays like the first few minutes of a game and then he just kind of like is out for the rest of the night. Um, Io. I think is,
0: oh,
1: oh, that's not a besmirchment. That's just uh, (laughs) a, that's just a fact. Um, I I really like IO obviously, like I'm, I'm a huge IO fan. Um, I just, and I I wouldn't be upset with him starting at all, but like I was talking about, you know, creating disruption with the defense and that leading to transition points. He was a really low steals guy, Um, kind Mm -hmm. of surprisingly did not force a lot of turnovers Um, I don't really see him just given the low volume on threes. I don't really see him complimenting Demar and Vooch and Zach out there as well, because he's not somebody that's going to just fire away from three. If you put him and Patrick out there for 36 minutes a night, that's like four threes per game, which is just not good enough. So to me, it's like Caruso is the best player. Let's not overthink it. He's going to be in the closing lineups. I don't really care who starts. It's not like that big of a deal to me. But, um, you know, if you want to get the best player out there, if you want to give yourselves a chance at the start of the game to get yourselves in a good position defensively, Crusoe is still a fine three-point shooter, and at least he shoots more of them. He's a better ball mover. I just think he's the best player, kind of without a doubt. I think Io could really develop, and he has the most scope to grow out of anybody in this group. But right now, like, the Bulls can't be messing around. They got to win games, and I think Crusoe gives them the best chance to do that.
2: And just to say it to, uh, to Laura Louie says Lonzo didn't have great free throw shooting either. To be fair, you yeah, have Lonzo shot 75% from the free throw line. That That's what I said. Like you got, I need you in the high seventies, like at least be there. Uh, if you're going to be a starting point guard for the team, like you can't be in the sixties, man, or anywhere near that. And Lonzo was a poor free throw shooter coming in, but he was a poor three point shooter <laughs> coming into the league, but he, he worked on and got both of those things up, man. So yeah, he, He's close to 70. I I think he'll get better at it the more opportunities he gets.
0: Yeah. um, DeMond in the comments here saying, all I know is the point guard better be able to play defense because P. Will is the only player that can play reliable defense. And that's assuming, you know, talking about starting five with the defensive, shall we say, um, shortcomings of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, this team's two all-stars, and also Vooch in his own right. Um, Zach is solid defensively, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm tired of that that is solid so- defensively. solid solid-ish. Um, <laughs> he is solid ish um i'm I'm with, I, I'm with will if you're actually just asking yourself who is the best overall player of that three right now it's Alex caruso and i don't think it's particularly close so start him or not if you want to give io the opportunity to develop with the responsibility with a leadership position like that and either way as Will said, you're closing with Caruso, and you know that you're closing with Caruso. Um, and if we give a think, go uh, ahead, sorry,
1: I was just gonna change subjects, finish up your thought.
0: Well, I, and I was just gonna say the other interesting thing that I heard, um, and I was this from today's practice, Will, when Dragic was asked, you know, who at camp has stood out to you, surprised you, um, positively, his answer was IO, Boom. Um, um, yeah. talking about the way that IO listens. The way that after listening, Io asks questions and then asks more questions. We heard a lot of similar stuff from Demar Derozan commenting on his rookie teammate last season. Uh, I, uh, Dragic saying he has such a great talent um, and he's a positive kid. He really surprised me. So, not not to say that that's you know Goran Dragic giving his vote for hey Io should start, but it's it seems like Io is turning a lot of heads um, during his offseason workouts and now into training camp. Will. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I just wanted to k- give uh, our guy k a shout-out for the super chat.
0: Yes, Kishuo! absolutely. <laughs> we We will do that very, very soon, but not until we hear from Big Dave and Pins and Aces. You know what? I did the Athletic Greens, and I was talking to Matt,
2: and I forgot about the GOAT. You know, the GOAT is used to being the guy that we speak to about all things Athletic Greens but i know yeah, one I feel, thing i
1: feel pretty left out dave i understand <laughs> man?
2: no i know you do will because points bet you know you can't live your bet life anymore like that we don't have those in there i mean i understand man you know it's all right will but hard it's hard out here it's never hard enough will pins and aces sir because you whether you like it or not are the best golfer on this show so if you're going to be the best <laughs> golfer will That means you got to look the best when you're out there on that course, man. You got to have a fly polo. You got to have a right hat. You got to have a golf bag. You got to have your awesome beer sleeve because that's the only thing that's going to bring Matt out there. And the only place you get that is from Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. And you're going to get tons of compliments, not only on his game, but on the way that he looks because like I said, y'all, that beer sleeve helps you store seven beers right inside that golf bag to keep those drinks cold the entire round. Wait, Will, are you a hat guy? Will, I don't think I've ever seen you with a hat. Are you a hat guy? Uh, occasionally. Not really. Okay. Okay, The perfect mane. I Maybe understand. if I you found a
1: good one, then I would wear it. Maybe Pinson Aces has one for me. I'm sure. You, you look more like a visor guy. I think they got a visor for you. Never been a visor guy, but I'm not opposed I can see it. I see
2: I, I see it mm-hmm. in you, man. Trust yeah. somebody who wears hats all the time. He he can rock the vibes on the course, man. I'm promise yeah.
0: you. After see, after I see the Matt, swing. After Matt and Aggie, no one in Chicago is ever allowed to wear a <laughs> again.
2: <laughs> so y'all check out pinsandaces.com and use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your order and get yourself some free shipping. That's PinsAndAces.com Because when you look good, you play good play good
0: it's all good
2: mm. how do you do it dave how do I, you do
0: it i don't know no i like seriously i had the desire to actually hit a golf course just now for the first time in more than a decade because mm. of of pins and aces and how beautifully dave read that ad uh okay so before we dive into a little quick look at the pelicans they're busy off season their biggest piece is coming into this season we have to Shout out Schwo in the super chat and thank Hello. you to him. Anybody out there watching, throw us some super chats today, tomorrow, whenever. We appreciate them. And it make sure that you get your comment read on the air. Schwo said, did you see that report that listed Benny as the third highest paid mascot at $400,000? Rocky, the Nuggets uh, uh, mascot, came in at number one at 625000 <laughs> Harry in Atlanta, Harry the Hawk. I'm guessing is his name. Number two at six hundred thousand dollars. Thoughts? Question mark. Career change? Question mark. I kn- uh, Harry the Hawk for what? Like what do he do? Seriously. I know what Rocky do. I, I know Rocky. Everybody knows Rocky. You know. If any if any rules. hawk mascot deserves that, it's Tommy Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of wet, Hawk's mascot. That's um, a fact. Is, I did see the I did see a tweet about the Denver Nuggets. Mascot making six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and I did a double take. I did not think that mascots make this much money. Hey, baby, it's a thing. And there, Wait, I also saw say... something about how there was a minimum that was like one tenth of what the Nuggets are paying their mascots So some mascots
1: around the NBA make as little as like sixty grand. I just thought Benny was supposed to be like that dude when it came to mascots. I was Agreed. a little disappointed for for our benny that he's not the highest paid maybe he needs maybe he needs a new job <laughs>
2: Yo, I feel a Matt Peck joke coming so fast. I feel I see it in his face. Yeah, I know it's I'm, coming. No, I know it's coming, Matt. No, I'm I playing know. my tongue so hard right
0: now. Oh, goodness gracious.
2: Oh my God. I, I hate that I know him this well. I do <laughs> it, it. it. I don't even have to.
0: I don't even have to make the joke. Schwo's Shwo, back in our comments saying where cash considerations goes instead of back into the team. Thank you, Schwo. I didn't say it. I'm just
2: reading the comment, you Oh man! Y'all. Oh man! But shout out, but shout out to Rocky for getting that money. Like I, I love. Who don't like Rocky? Honestly, seriously, I've liked him since I was a child. I don't like him as much as I like Benny. I understand that. I'm just saying, shout out to him for getting this paper. He's getting this money? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to him for that. But yeah, nobody's better than Benny. Like, come on, the mascot Hall of Fame. That's that's Benny the Bull. He in there? Like, that. Yes. I don't even know if Rocky's in there yet. He is Benny the... is,
0: I think, generally beloved. Sorry to interrupt, but I do feel like I have to, if no one else is, take a stand for our good friend John Sabine right now. Okay. Because it is still of his belief, I think, that Benny is actually a domestic terrorist. And he <laughs> yes, must he does feel stopped. this way. He does feel this way. This is true. The man has no repercussions for throwing and spilling popcorn on innocent people.
1: Men, <laughs> women,
0: children. People just I trying think, to have a good time at the Bulls game.
1: I think Robin Lopez takes it upon himself to uh, hand out uh, retributions for that. Okay. I'm,
2: I'm looking it up because I'm, I'm looking at the mascot Hall of Fame, which is in uh, Whiting, Indiana. So I'm looking at all the people who are That's in there. That's a real thing. I, it's a I you were real joking. thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not joking. I've seen it, Will. I've seen the Hall of Fame. It's a nice building, actually. You should. Nice. It's nice. It's nice. Um, but Rocky is in there uh benny definitely is in there the gorilla is in there who was also the phoenix suns gorilla the all city guys
1: have a pretty elite set of mascots pretty
2: elite yes tommy hawk is in there matt tommy hawk is definitely uh in the building man this is a this is a short list a couple of college ones southpaw is in there uh slugger who is the kansas city royals uh mascot the philly fanatic of course has yeah. to be in there, of course. He has to be the Jack, the Utah Jazz bear is also in. I forget about that bear sometimes, but and the San Antonio Spurs mascot, the coyote, is yeah. up in there as well, man. And here's a random hey, one for hey. you, Boomer, from
1: the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> well, Why? I didn't even tell you. <laughs> what time you know what because it's in, in I miss is the old Warriors, like early 2000s Warriors mascot. I don't even know if I could like describe what it is, but he had like the man. Thunderbolt coming out of his head. It was just like a jacked dude. I The Warrior. I oh, yes. I, oh, God. You yeah, I know he, he had like glasses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know just who you're talking about, man. Yeah, I liked um, him, man.
0: He, he belongs in there. I don't I remember agree. that Pacers mascot. T- Me neither. To my understanding, watching the winning time documentary 30 for 30 film, I just assumed that the Pacers mascot was a racist white person. <laughs> well, um, it's the mascot I think it is. Yeah. So, you yeah, okay. <laughs> know, you're right on. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Schwab one more time in the comments who said, I know Peck remembers the Bull scandal. That was a wild time in Chicago. Oh, mascot, my obviously. God. And I, oh I know Lord. Big Dave does too. So for uh, all you young Bulls fans out there who might not know, <laughs> during the height of the Bulls dynasty in the late 90s, they had a second mascot that was like, hey, what if Benny had a friend? His name uh, was Double, and he was brown, and he looked like this. right? He was cool for me. And he was, he cool. was a cool dude. I actually hung out with him one time when I was at a Bulls game in the late yeah. 90s. And then we found out why he was cool. Scandal, <laughs> which was referring to, he was fired, the, the person... Underneath the costume, the guy playing double, because he was selling dime bags in the United Center parking lot. Big whoop. Everybody likes weed. Everybody needs weed. The man was providing for people back when weed wasn't legal yet. Bro, and the you mascot. Fire him for it? Come because, on.
2: Because the mascot can't do that. That's what I'm saying, Matt. Like when a 10-year-old come running up. Hey, the boy, how you doing? Hey, hold on, kid. Boy, say what you want for. You need four? Okay, I got you ready. All right, hey, kid, how you doing? Is everything? You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. All right, that can't. Well, be I doubt a- he was. <laughs> I doubt he was selling in costume. I don't know, but for for the purposes of this show and my entertainment, he was definitely <laughs> in that costume selling. <laughs> you know, he was walking around to people in that costume. Hey, man, you need some? Just you know, whispering to people. You know, he was. You know, he was saying it real on the low. How is you going to find that out? Somebody ratted on him. Somebody ratted on the bull, man. Like Somebody definitely ratted, bro. But you can't be out there like that. You just can't be. All right. Uh,
0: dime bag double. <laughs> <laughs> dime bag double. Yeah. Man was just trying to make a little on the side because I guarantee you he wasn't making as much money as Benny the Bull. Um, <laughs> Six figures for Benny, though. Shout out. <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe it was actually like a, a, a lovable who also was working double duty. As double and also triple duty to sell a little something on the side. Um, <laughs> oh, Game clutch! Clutch the
2: bear. Clutch the bear is also in the mascot Hall of Fame. Who was the Rockets mascot? That bear, that awesome cool oh, bear. Oh, right, have, right,
0: right. Yeah, also he's, in the mascot. He's, he's the of one of who that. had that little bit uh, courtside with Amelia Clark, like at the height of Game of Thrones' popularity. Right? Yes, yes, yeah, Matt. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful tangent, Schwo. That was uh, fun. (laughs) I hope that Benny the Bull is paid well, and I'm guessing that he is. I don't know if those numbers that were reported today are true, but that dude works hard. Shout out. Um, All right, so with our remaining time, guys, let's take a look at these here New Orleans Pelicans that the Bulls are playing, once again, as Will pointed out, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, Biggest headline coming out of New Orleans is the transformation of Zion Williamson kind of? Yeah. I think people are freaking out about this. Joey, do we have this side by side picture uh, that I sent you earlier today? <laughs> <Thank> you. <There's... laughs> that is not the picture I was talking
2: about. Hey, when you when but you come for the brilliant. king, when you come for the king, you bet not miss, baby. <laughs> That's hey, what it When you walk through the, the garden,
0: <laughs> you gotta Joey, watch you your back, poo. Joey. fool, uh, Man. Thank you. Okay. So, at first, when people were freaking out about these Zion side-by-sides from last year's media day to this year's media day, I was like, it looks like the same dude. But then if you just, like, look a little bit more closely, Mm -hmm. in his face, his arms are, like, still buff, like, professional athlete arms, but they're a little bit trimmer. And then where I really notice it is the tightness of his jersey. And you look at the picture on the left from last year, that... I think he needs to size up in that picture. And then you see just a clean-fitting, normal-fitting jersey in the Zion on the right. What do you guys think about this transformation that Pels fans and NBA fans are freaking out about with Zion, a guy who, in his one mostly healthy season so far in the NBA, was an absolute force?
2: A, a super force. Listen, if he was doing that, uh, quote-unquote, out of shape, then, yeah, everybody's in trouble. Uh, and And let me get that out. For uh, he's not out of shape, all right. The two is nowhere near out of shape. I don't care how he looked to y'all, that is not out of shape, all right. That might be out of basketball shape, but that ain't out of shape, all right. That dude is still cut up, you know, and swole up for real, man. Uh, he definitely looks a little toner, I think that's and leaner, I think those are the words, uh, for it. Um, but it doesn't make me more fearful of him. I was already like, he's super nice, you know, (laughs) like you know what I'm saying, like. He already was like super cold, Will. Like he was already destroying people out there. So great, you like he's he's in shape. So hopefully this helps with him able being able to stay on the floor, you know, and not having to deal with you know lower body injuries and things like that. But as far as like making him more talented or something like that, no, bro, that was already there. He's he's still super skilled and he's still going to be amazing. And I and I'm excited we uh, are going to get to watch him.
1: Yeah, for me it was the injuries thing. It's just like. Can he get to a weight where he's not putting so much extra force and pressure on his feet that it's like costing him games? I hate like I mean it's kind of funny to like say, hey, you know, Io, how many pounds of muscle did you put on over the summer? I kind of hate like asking players about their weight and their mm. like, you know, loss of weight or adding muscle or whatever it is, just because mm. it's like, I mean, I get it's part of the part of the thing of being like a professional athlete is like what kind of athlete you are but Zion was still like one of the most athletic specimens we've ever seen. (laughs) Right. And I just think now he's in a better position to, to have the durability and the longevity that I think has been really the only flaw in his game so far. I mean, the fact that this guy was able to get to the rim at such a high level and finish at such a high level makes him just such a, I mean, it's like one of the most fun players to watch and he's incredibly explosive. I just think, He's going to be awesome. I think people kind of forgot how good he was, and I cannot wait to watch him tomorrow night. In person. In person.
0: And look, credit to Stan Van for doing that whole just point Zion thing where Mm -hmm. he was like, you know what? Eff it. This guy's the most talented guy I have. Go run my offense for large stretches. Uh, So wondering what we're going to see as far as Zion's usage is obviously, you know, uh, a, a big exciting question mark coming into this season a lot of anticipation of having a healthy Zion back into this Pelicans team that as stacked as the West is, people are saying like, Pels might be like a sneaky team to just be like, you know what? Nah, like we're going to nab that, that six seed or whatever, as tough as it might be. Tons of teams going to be fighting for those top six to avoid the playing in in the West. The Pels certainly look on paper like they have the talent to do it, especially if they have a healthy Zion. The other thing that they have is a newly re-signed CJ McCollum, an ace vet shooting guard in this league uh that was the other big headline in new orleans this summer they signed McCollum to a two-year 64 million dollar extension to keep him in new orleans Mm -hmm. and um joey do we have this clip cj was uh doing a press conference um uh i think it was maybe new orleans media day um and he was asked about all this young talent that this new orleans team has as far as his decision to stick around i think we have a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, a lot of draft picks, thanks to some guys that are no longer here. So I felt like it was just a, a good combination Dang. of a lot of things. Um, it made sense. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about the present and the future, I think. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love oh that is, he uses his answer <clears throat> about why did you decide to sign that extension and what are you excited about to take a dig at Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Just,
2: mwah, I mean, mwah, delicious <laughs> Heck of a shot at him, man! My God, from from three point land, he came with that one. And and also, Matt, you know, they also uh, just resigned Larry Nance Jr. also, mm-hmm. so you know, that two years, sixteen million, I think, uh, for him. So yeah, their stat, and of course they have Herb Jones. I mean they they just got some real straight up talent, you know, and some length right. and some shooting. Oh, and, and
0: Brandon Ingram, and by Brandon the way.
2: Ingram, by the way, the All Star Brandon Ingram, man, twenty three is- points per game scorer last year. They're going to be vicious, so we're going to. I wanted to see if C.J. McCollum is able to, you know, be healthy for a a large portion of the season because he's been hurt a lot, you know, in these past few years. So I'm interested to see if that's going to be the case, and see if Zion is going to be there. So and Valachunas, yes, I forgot about man. They are. They have a squad. Okay, they have a straight up and down squad. I'm glad they're not in the East. There's no more room for any good teams in the East. Stay over there in the West. But yeah, they're going to be very, very fun to watch, man. I can't wait to see them play a team like Memphis. Like that's that's Mm -hmm. going to be a fun game. So I'm excited, man. The NBA is NBA NBA, on the way.
1: Hundred percent agree with all of what you said. I want to take it a different direction real quick before I know we have to wrap up soon. Okay, remember when the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan and everybody thought it was like literally the worst contract to ever be signed? Mm -hmm. Like I heard things. Side of Timothy Mazgoff to the Lakers in 2016. (laughs) <laughs> okay, CJ McCollum got traded to the Pelicans for Josh Hart and some other stuff and a protected first-round pick, right? And then he signs an extension for 2 years, 64 million. So CJ McCollum, he's younger right now, but he is being paid basically 33, 35, 33, 30 through his age 34 seasons, which is like 5 to 7 million dollars per year more than DeMar. Mm. Like why did Mm. Why is this not being talked about the same way that Demar people were so critical of Demar and everybody is like lauding this signing. I know he's younger right now, but he has signed through the same age that Demar was signed through. Mm-hmm. It's a little unfair I think. Like Demar's clearly better. Why are we talking about this as though CJ was like a coup and Demar was like the worst signing of all time? I, I mean,
0: what did Dave say a minute ago about the mascots? <laughs> you come at the king, you best not miss. CJ McCollum his. is the president of the players' association, is he not? He maybe is. that's maybe that's a way that he
1: could avoid the uh, Josh Hart wow. first round pick over more, more money to to get CJ McCollum versus protected first round pick and Demar Derozan. I, I would. It sucks that the Bulls had to give up pick, but like, give me Demar, man.
2: Every day of your life.
0: um i mean yeah that's that you make a very a very valid point there will Uh, but whether or not cj is going to be overpaid for the next few years in new orleans this season i think he still has plenty left in his bag yeah and is a very great complimentary piece like exactly if If you told me to give you my top three or top five League pass teams this year, you know those teams that you just call them league pass teams because they're the teams you want to watch outside of your own team. Right. I'm pretty sure I would put this Pelican squad on that list. They are yeah. fascinating. They might be number one. They're going to be yeah. so much fun.
2: Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch, man. Like it's it's going to honestly, it's I haven't seen a season like this in a minute, man. Like every team is really, 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 like really yeah. good and has legitimate shot at in each one of their conferences, man. So every game is going to be like of some importance you know, for these teams, even the lower seeded teams like the Orlandos or even the Sacramento Kings are going to be playing for something. So mm-hmm. they want to get better. So it's it's, it's going to be fun, man, because everything is going to matter. You can't really take no night off in this, man. And, 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 and that's not just talk. You know, you can't take a night off in this league. You know, no, it's not just talk. No, you for real can't take no night off this season, man. Like you've got to come to play and I can't wait to watch this, man. This is exciting. Yeah.
0: You know who doesn't take a night off is that frisky little bastard Jose Alvarado. I'm sure he's going to be trying to pick people's pockets every single night this season. Grand, Man. <laughs> uh, great, yeah, Grand Theft Alvarado. Like, uh-huh. Even some of the other fringe pieces. Like I really like the the rook they drafted, Dyson Daniels. Like I think that guy's really legit. Ooh, um, and and we I mentioned you mentioned Herb 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 Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah, I said Herb Jones. Kyra Lewis Jr. Like, dude, mm-hmm. this squad is whew, um, the long, the mean, and we, we will get shoot. our first look at them tomorrow night. Tomorrow, um, one more graphic, Joey. Do we have that uh, uh, Bulls little uh, announcement that uh, that will tweeted out today as far as who the probable starters are going to be tomorrow night? There mm-hmm. it is. Oh, will did it? Oh, who is that down at the bottom? <laughs> who that is? It's Io. It's Io <laughs> Destu. As He's you see, what? it says at the top they are the probable starters so will i know you just kind of threw this on twitter like a grenade um (laughs) that's exactly what i did (laughs) so you
1: don't you don't necessarily think this means i was starting tomorrow night uh i have no idea i don't even think billy does this i think it's like a pr thing so i'm sure i mean he could start but i don't think this has any bearing on it but i just thought it'd be fun to because of how much people care about who's the starter and as we've talked about before i do not care about that at all I just thought it'd be kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, it certainly could be IO. He started 40 games last year compared to Caruso's 18. Kobe started 17. So I think it would be the logical person to, to throw in there. We will see we
0: in like see. a little over 24 hours. We will Woo-hoo! see for now. We are out of time. Thanks everybody for watching, for hanging, it, hanging out with us in the YouTube comments, hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy today's episode really helps us out a lot. Uh, In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, Bulls underscore Peck, BAL, B-A-W-L Sports, Wot Gottlieb, and C-H-G-O underscore Bulls. Thanks, as always, to our pal and our producer, Joey, Joey, running things behind the scenes. We'll be back tomorrow, same time. Same time. Wait, no, not same time. Not same time. Pre-game. We have a pre-game show. For the C-H-G-O Bulls pre-game show at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be there. Be there. Check us out. It's the game, we will be back for post game, of course. Until then, for Joey, for Big Dave, for Will, I'm Peck. Appreciate you. Love you, Bulls Nation. See you tomorrow for Ball Night. See Red. Be good.